on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Think about it. It is right here. It is right now. Fall in love so strange. Said you never knew. How you doing today, Brandon Stoker? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Friday. Happy Friday, man. Yeah. Good to have you back. Yes. I'm sure you guys took it easy on me yesterday. Oh, I mean, just throwing <laughs> haymakers. You know, some people are finishers, some people aren't. Right? I was always taught you got to, you know, finish what you started. But, you know, some people just oh tap gosh. out early. <laughs> All good. How was, um, you know, it, it was a good finish to training camp. There wasn't a good. lot yesterday. Okay, so you didn't wasn't. miss a lot on the practice field. Okay, that was um, going to be one of my first Because they just had, like, helmet and shells on, you know, shoulder. I don't even know if it was shoulder pads or the, the little things they put on to protect their shoulders. Uh, and that was it. And... You know, I mean, they were going decent speed. It wasn't like it was full padded get after practice. So right. you didn't miss a lot when it comes to to practice. What What did you do? What t- Tell me about your oh day. Did gosh. you was it, you went to Cherry Hills? Yes, they let you in there. They did. They let you into Cherry they Hills. They tried to turn me away, but I what? kept on dropping your name, and okay. eventually they said they won't let you in. Okay, perfect. There you go. Uh, he's friends with someone who's a member here. Please let me in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was kidding aside, Stoke, one of the coolest sporting events I've ever been to. So unique. Just a total one of one. And if you don't know what we're talking about, it's the uh, USGA, which runs the U.S. Open, uh, their amateur tournament, their annual amateur tournament. So it's kind of like, like if you were branding it, it'd be like, hey, like the stars of tomorrow, like, like the, the PGA tour of tomorrow is here today in this amateur tour. And you, you pull into the, the parking lot at, at Cherry Hills and they have these huge banners hanging on, um, you know, the, the, the lights there, uh, the outdoor lights that are like past winners. So you see like Bryson DeChambeau as like a 17-year-old holding the cup, uh, Victor Hovland, uh, Sam, uh, his name Burns? is... Yes, yes. And, and you get these past winners and you're like, okay, who's out there today? And the access that you get... There's no ropes or anything. It's just you go in and go, go free. Uh, it, it, the, you could be on the fairway with the player. So, wow. So imagine like imagine if this was happening on tour. Um, Phil Mickelson tees off and is walking down the fairway after his shot, and then like seven feet behind him, there's like me, like just walking right behind him. It was so unique, and there wasn't a lot of people there. I mean, you're talking maybe – Maybe three or four thousand for the whole course, right. so you can go anywhere you want to go. Drinks and food everywhere, and then of course Cherry Hills. You know, I had never been on 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 the premises, and it was um it was it was phenomenal. And as kind of what you would imagine it to be, from the clubhouse to the 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 just how well kept it is, and in phenomenal shape. It looks like a looks like a postcard. Really, really cool. Yeah, that well, that's great. Um, you know, it was at my course the first couple of days, split it with Cherry Hills at Colorado Golf Club, right? right. And they they kind of co-hosted. And then on Wednesday, it's been going just strictly at Cherry Hills. I didn't get a chance to go out, unfortunately. Okay. Um, uh, and, and so I haven't been able to see it yet. And um, But that's great. Sounds like a lot of fun. It was a blast. It was. I didn't know what to expect. I've never watched anything like that live. Like, I go to a sporting event. It's a basketball game, football game. It was so cool. By the time we were leaving, me and my buddy Evan was like, 
I am definitely doing this again. Whether it's a PGA Tour event, whether it's an amateur event, these kids are so talented. They're so incredible. I mean, each of these guys, like you're watching this young stud, right? He's got a bag that says LSU on it. And the guy, he's going up against Florida State bag, a Florida Gators bag, University of North Carolina. Play, and, and these kids are the best of the best. And then there's also, like, a couple high school kids. High school kid shot the course record at Colorado Golf Club on Tuesday. Unbelievable. Eight under. And his name, and, and, and let, is it okay if I say his name uh, for the first time and say, remember this and not get ragged on, uh, on by you? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can do it. Okay, because I brought up some names in the factory. Everyone yeah. knows him already. Yeah, you're like, hey, Victor Wambayana. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, memo, everyone knows that he's going to be drafted number one. Thank uh, you for uh, that intel, Zach. Well, but this kid, he's a high school kid. His name's Blades Brown. First name, Blades Pretty sweet name. Yeah, especially when you're a golfer. Right. Blades Brown, he's a kid. He 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 looks like he's, he, I mean, baby face 15-year-old, maybe 16 years old. You'd walk by him in the food court and think that maybe he was a part of the chess club. Doesn't have any muscle to him. Like, he's like, he's a, he is a scrawny little teenager. Stokely, he rips the ball into another universe. And, and just, and he struggled yesterday. But watching him and the... And, and the largest gallery this kid had is maybe 200 people following him on every shot. It was just so stinking cool. And I'm watching him going, already knowing that he broke or set the tie the Colorado Golf Club course record, which is an incredibly difficult course. Uh, some say harder than Cherry Hills. It just depends who you ask. Um, and, <laughs> and, 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 I'm, and I'm watching him going, I'm going to see this kid on tour in like four years. Yeah. I'm going to see him on. I'm going to see him going up against you know uh, whoever's going to be out there in four or five years. I think Tiger won it three or four years in a row. This wow. event, yeah. wow. I mean, just that just puts this thing into context. Um, something like that. So um, you know, like you said, these are the stars of tomorrow. Yeah, these are the amateur players. You know, and um, but a really, really cool event the way it's structured. You know, you have a big field, and then it kind of goes into a match play, like one on one. Yes, me against you, and yes. then on Sunday it's a thirty-sixth hole event, I believe. Um, and that'll yeah. be on the NBC. Okay, great. And and like I said, Tiger won it three or four years in a row. I mean, his amateur career is obviously pretty historic. And then you go on to see what he's done. You know, when he turned professional. But good. Uh, did you get to play golf after? Yes, I did. I did, and, and which was a Over really under interesting... one twenty five. <laughs> under by a nose. <laughs> <laughs> it it's funny because I'm watching these kids and they make it look so easy. And then you know I go out to Murphy Creek yesterday, which is a tough course, probably a little too tough for me. Um, but it just freaking humbles you and breaks your back. It's like, how is this game so hard when I'm watching this 16-year-old make it just look so effortless like he's sleepwalking? You're, you're watching it on TV or you're watching it like you did live, and you're like, okay, I can't wait to go play. I'm going I'm to yes. I'm 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 hit it yes. great it was, today. It was motivating. Yeah, and it's like, ah, dang it. <laughs> yep. Not so fast. Yep, the driver was suspended after six holes yeah. in the bag just in timeout. Sometimes out. you yeah. got to put it in timeout. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, well, so glad. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you, you know, at least you... When you missed the last day, you it, you had a good day. Had right? a good at least day. it was a good day. Had a well, that's good, good day. to know. So I guess, hey, look, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, like you said, thirty bucks. Yeah, thirty um, bucks. Like it, it, if you want to watch it, the highest level of golf you'll see in this state anytime soon. I, well, we have we have a tour event coming here next year. Yes, uh, in 2024, the one that's being played right now. Yes, right. That's right. And I remember being on the air with you like two years ago when it was first announced, and we were like. Well, you know, 2024, it'll be here before you know it, I remember right. saying. And here we are in 2023. I'm put, looking at the Nuggets schedule, and it's like, oh, 
February 2024. This is when, you know, the Heat are coming to Denver, and it will be here before you know it. So Yeah, and uh, but, you know, if you've never seen Cherry Hills, uh, the, you know, the golf course, and you get a chance to walk it like you did, yeah. I mean, it's a spectacular place. So, um, you know, if you like golf, go for it. And even if you kind of like golf, you'll end up being like, this is awesome. Yeah. This is awesome. Have, to have a beer. They got food everywhere. It's great. It's great. Okay. Um, back to business. We have a Broncos preseason game that carries new importance tomorrow night. And we'll take a dive into that coming up next. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. All right, we have a preseason game tomorrow night that, in my opinion carries a little bit more importance than uh, just your standard fair preseason game. It's it's not the first preseason game, which is typically the most limited. Now, obviously, it didn't pan out like that a week ago. Um, but we're going to be scheduled for, I mean, like, we're talking these starters are going to play uh, quite a bit. And this is not the Arizona Cardinals, who's scheduled to be one of the worst teams in football. You're actually going to go head-to-head with a team that's supposed to be one of the best teams in football. A team that if they went to the Super Bowl, I don't know if it would raise too many eyebrows. They're right there with the odds on, you know, favorites. Uh, perennial power uh, in the NFC. And be, considering uh, how lackluster last weekend was offensively, just feels like, um, you know, and then let me add the last layer. You're not going to play next week more than likely. Right. So it's like this feels like, you know, one of the final dress rehearsals before things really start to count. I think we got to see who they play. You know, who do the 49ers play, right? I mean, are they playing their starters? Are they playing their backups? I mean, what do they look like, especially defensively? Who are you going up against uh, if you're the Broncos' offense? I mean, if you're going up against backups, then, okay, it's going to be hard to really, I think, um, gather a lot if it's good. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's bad, it becomes more concerning, right? Like, right. That's like we're watching them against the Cardinals go up against guys that – you know, aren't going to be playing much football this year probably and struggling. Well, that's concerning. And if that happens again, oh, well, it's it's concerning. If they do good, it's kind of one of those things where right. it's like, well, they did good, but right. they were going up against a bunch of backups. So, you know, it's um, a no-win situation almost if you go up against backups. But all you can do is go out there and play against who they put out there and hopefully do a good job. But everything, you know, you got to keep it in context with who they're going up against, obviously, right? Right. I mean, how are you going to view the whole thing? Well, you you can't control um, who plays and who doesn't uh, for San Francisco. Um, I'm going to pretty much view it in a vacuum. You know, whoever is out there, uh, if it's if it's the backups, then I think that we should probably raise the bar a little bit of of what we should be expecting to see from the Broncos' offense. But that's a team that's that's such a loaded defense that even even some of their backups, like you know. Cleveland Farrell, the top five pick out of Clemson. He's, he's a backup for them. Um, Javon Kinlaw might be a backup for them if you look at the guys up front. Like, that guy would start a lot of places. Like So even if you get some of the backups, I think you're because of how good and loaded San Francisco is, uh, it'll be above average backups. But backups nonetheless, that if we're yeah. expecting the Broncos to be any good this year, let's just start with a winning team. If the Broncos are supposed to be a winning team this year, you should have success against anyone's backups. 
Is that fair? Yes. Uh, absolutely. Um, but there's also a process, too. You know, the Broncos are working through a lot of things offensively and trying to, you know, get on the same page, trying to learn an offense and trying to go out there and be productive. So we also have to remember that. Sure. You know, um, and we'll obviously um, analyze it and evaluate it, but uh, this team is trying to figure out their identity. What is it going to be? And so I think, you know, you look at, like, Sean Payton, what, what is his main objective going to be? Obviously, he wants to do well, score touchdowns, but, you know, is this going to be a heavy run emphasis on this type of – on this in this football game? Where last game they threw yes, the football yes. a little bit more. Interesting. So, you know, there's different goals in every preseason game, and, you know, you want to be crisp, you want to play well, but, you know, in, I think in preseason – it's it's one of those things where you, you want to see them go out there and do a good job, right? And and you know have success, but also there's other stories in, in preseason games that um, you know we we need to keep our eye out out for. There's a new defense here in Denver. It's kind of a new defense there in San Francisco too, with D'Amico Ryan's moving on and going to Houston. You know who their DC is right now? The new the DC yes I do um, in, in San Francisco yep. um, that was is it the guy from Carolina mm. that was that the interim coach Wilkes yes yes Steve Wilkes okay yes yeah. he was the interim in uh, after Matt Rule got canned yes this year yes last good year. call good call last year yeah Steve Wilkes is the new defensive coordinator there um, and then Clint Kubiak is the new passing game specialist so a familiar name. Uh, on the offensive side right. of the ball, familiar name on the defensive side Greasy's of the ball. Greasy is the quarterback coach. And Brian Greasy is the quarterback's coach. Started doing that last year. Yeah. Must have done a really good job. I mean, Brock Purdy had a, a you know, a great year um, from Mr. Irrelevant, you know, last pick of the draft. Yeah. And then obviously you got Lynch, you got Shanahan. Yep. A lot of, lot of familiarity there. I still can't believe, even a couple years later, that Brian Greasy left that cushy job on television to be the quarterback's coach, not the coach, not the offensive coordinator, but a quarterback's coach. That that is a that is an unusual pivot that you really want to like. You really want to get back into the game game if, yes. if you're making that kind of decision. Um, what do you view? Real 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 uh, quick snapshot uh, view of uh, or your view rather of the San Francisco 49ers and and their quarterback dynamic right now. Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously they love Brock Purdy and his potential. And, and you know, it looks like Sam Darnold is going to be the backup. I think that's a good fit for for him and for that offense. You know, mobile quarterback that um, has a ton of potential, obviously. And, and so probably a really good situation for both. It just seems, you know, we, we talked about this, I don't know, a week or two ago, uh, about Trey Lance. It just doesn't yeah. seem like he's a fit there anymore. No. And it seems like it's run its course. And if you're Kyle and John Lynch, you know, the more that you look at him, you're just kind of disgusted with that move that you made to trade all those draft picks to go up and get him. And I think you just want to wash your hands of it. And, you know, we talked about the possibility of um, of him, you know, being um, traded to Denver. Yeah. You know, should the Broncos be interested? You know, just kind of throwing it out there. And, I mean, I'm I'm in the camp of why not? Why not? Let's take a look at him, you know, if he's available. But I'm not giving up, you know, a lot for him, certainly, because he hasn't looked good. And he didn't look great in the last preseason game. But, obviously, there's talent there. Yep. And uh, it's not like you look behind Russ at what we have right now and and – 
and think it's a great backup plan, right? No, right. So I don't know. Um, it's something I think that you look at, but I think they're probably going to have to. They're probably going to move on one way or another from from Trey Lance. Um, Crazy and just man. Go with they, Birdie and uh, Donald. What do you think? Well, you don't sound crazy to me at all because Trey Lance, it, 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 he sticks out that he doesn't fit. It, it, it looks like he, like, sticks out. It's loud. It's loud failure. And you don't sound crazy, but it just it, it, it kind of still does sound crazy considering what San Francisco gave up to go from 12 it was all the way to 3 in the draft, right? That is so much. You kind of mortgaged. Your future there. I mean, this was they they they, uh, they did a, the, the deal with the Dolphins. They gave them the twelfth overall pick. That's where San Fran was, and they moved up from twelve to three. But they also gave a third round pick, and then first round picks in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. But it, it feels like almost when Paxton was here, and it was like you keep on kicking the can down the road. Like, well, it was always kind of the plan to have them wait. And like, oh, was it really though? Because, like, we thought we were microwaving this thing, and you made an incredible investment, and you want to play that kid, and now now he's not playing, and Trevor Simeon's playing over him. This couldn't have been the plan. And I just look at San Francisco like Brock Purdy's playing over him. Sam Darnold is likely going to play over him. That, that that couldn't have been the plan, obviously. Yeah, so what are you, you going to really do with him, right? I mean, what, what are you going to do? You got a young quarterback that you love in Brock Purdy. And obviously, you're still going to be evaluating him this year. I mean, he played in five, six, seven games yeah, last year's yeah, end. Yeah. So he's not anointed, but they love that potential, obviously, with him. And and so there's just not a there's not an avenue for this guy to play, right? Because of the two guys in front of him, and also because he's not very good. Right. He doesn't play well. Right. So you just kind of like we're done, and you just move on, and that's probably what's going to end up happening. And I mentioned to you last week. <clears throat> um, you know, they have the phrase like, oh, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, right? Yeah. Frank Sinatra. Well, if you can't make it in San Francisco, I question whether you can make it anywhere. That's good. I Lo- like that. Loaded running game, loaded roster, best left tackle in football, maybe the best scheme-up coach in football. If you can't find success there, I don't know. So, and I, I want to get your, your thoughts here um, at, at some point today on, you know, what, what constitutes a success for this offense? For the Broncos offense. Yes. I mean, do you do you need to see touchdowns? You know, because we, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Um, and, um, you know, what, what do you need to see for you to feel good about the Broncos offense? Um, it's a good question. It's a good question. And, and we could talk about it uh, right at the top of the hour. How about perfect. that? Uh, Love it. Okay. Uh, very rarely do we see buttoned up Adam Schefter lose his cool. But it happened yesterday. And the reason why hits home. We'll react to it coming up next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. I was in bed, no joke. Earliest I was in bed all year in 2023 was last night. Really? Yes. Earliest? Earliest I had been in bed all year because I was out directly in the sun from about 8.50 in the morning until 6 o'clock with no breaks and like an absolute clown did not put any sunscreen on. 
and they're just not got, bright red. Like normally, like the other, like a few weeks ago, like your forehead, like yes, burnt bad. Yes, yes. You're not, you're not bad though. The the, the, the base is set, so yeah. I, I'm not getting. I don't like, know about that, bro. The base is not that like dude, supposed to be pale white. If you're, that's if, not a if base. You're, if you're in like the pale white's not a base, like a tan. If you're in the like, skin, or if that? you're in the if you're in the sun for nine hours in a row and you didn't get burned, you're you're you have a pretty good base set. You this got is, no base. This is this is my base, man. Your base and my base. Right, so all of our bases are a little bit different. Yeah, but if it's white, it's gonna burn, dude. Look, I'm just telling you. I'm just, I'm okay. just telling okay. you. We're on okay. radio. No okay. one can see. Okay, 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 okay. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Adam Schefter. Yeah, Shefty. Holy moly, Schefter! I don't think I've ever heard Adam Schefter. Now we've heard him fired up and stuff, and maybe defend a report and go back and forth about whether you could get a first round pick for Chubb or not. Like he's he's got some fire to him, but. This was a different category for Schefter that struck a personal chord when he went on Schlereth and Evans this morning. They made some time, um, aside from talking about us, for Schefter, which I oh. thought was considerate. Okay. Uh, here is here is uh, Adam reacting to Mike Shanahan not making the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's something that I don't really think is great. I don't like it. Um, I'm sure somebody there could educate me and make me feel a little bit better about the process, but I think it's a bunch of BS. Like, I, I love how these guys get into the Hall of Fame like 30 years later and they're not not alive to enjoy. Like, Ken Riley. Oh, Ken Riley morphed into a Hall of Fame cornerback within the last year that he got in? Why didn't he get in when he was alive? Ken Stabler. It, it just it bothers me. It really bothers me that all of a sudden – after a certain amount of time, because of some political BS, there's a push on a guy, and he gets in. Because it's a highly political process, and it's unfortunate. And Mike Shanahan is a Hall of Famer yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So let's just make him wait, and we'll keep making him wait, because we only allow one coach and contributor. Like, who comes up with these stupid rules? Mm, wow. You know, I've been... Um like venting about this for years literally it, for years we've been doing it every year yeah it's uh it is i think Schefter's spot on it's it's very political you know we've talked about it a lot here zach it is it's just very political it's about who is gonna you know hey you owe me a favor because i voted your guy in last year yep. all right I'm, I'm gonna call that favor in this year i need my guy to go in now uh, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous it's so flawed it's so political I hate it. It sucks. It really, really does. And, you know, the fact that Mike's had to, you know, wait here a few years and watch some of these other coaches go in. And this guy goes in. I don't even, never even heard of this guy. Buddy Parker? Yeah. Um, I mean, wh- like, what are we doing? He's going to get in at some point. He's going to get in. But, like, what are we doing? Why Why? Why is he waiting? Why is there only one that has that gets to go in? And, and these people that vote on it. Um, they're awful. They're just they're just awful. It, it's 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 a shame and it's it stinks and uh, yes, it's just it's just it's awful, man. I, I don't know what else to say about it. And, and you know, it's, I mean, how is Mike not in? I, I don't I don't get it. I just don't get it. No, it doesn't make sense. And um, you know, Buddy Parker, with all due respect to he and his family, and this is what ends up happening. This is what ends up happening. It, it almost feels like. You know, you go down this road, and I'm not going to, but it's like he, it's so tempting to tear down Buddy Parker because yeah. he has 
not even in the same neighborhood of a career as Mike Shanahan. I mean, not in the same neighborhood. Because I read up on him. And he sounded like he did a fine career. Like, he got a head coaching job because the, the coach left to work for an advertising agency. That's where we were in the 1930s. Right. This and is when he coached in the 30s? 30s and 40s. And, or, or, excuse me, he played in the 30s and 40s. He coached in the uh, um, uh, in the 40s and 50s. Okay. So it was like one of these things where it's just like, God almighty, I, I, I don't want to pile on Buddy Parker, but he his resume isn't even close to Mike Shanahan's, and this is what made uh, Schefter and us uh, so upset. Well, I was a voter 15 years ago for about four years, if I remember correctly. And then when I went, I left the Denver Post to go to work for the NFL Network, they, 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 they couldn't have a voter from <laughs> who is an NFL employee also serving on the Hall of Fame board. There would be a conflict of interest there. So I haven't voted since then, and frankly, I'm happy not to take part in a process like that. And, yeah, it, it's just I, I think a lot of times guys who have better, more respected presenters belong in the Hall of Fame. They, or they get in the Hall of Fame. And guys who have presenters who aren't as established, aren't as respected, they wait to get in the Hall of Fame. That's an example of it right there. You know, I don't like, you know, 50 people, one in each city being empowered. I don't know where that came from. I'd rather, you know, and, and, and the sports writers don't won't like this, but that's the way it is. The people who played in that era know. I'm sorry, but Stink knows who are the more qualified defensive linemen and even offensive linemen, more so than a writer from Pittsburgh or a writer from Dallas or a writer from Arizona. Am I wrong? I mean, it's ridiculous. And they lean on the opinions of all the people who played and coached in the game to present in the room. I mean, and, and, it's, and it's a small number. Why not have all those writers and players and coaches and have, I don't know, a thousand balloters voting. Like, well, who made these 50 people the voices of God and the deciders of fate? You got me going here. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it because I think he's speaking for a lot of people um, like us here in Denver. It just it doesn't add up. And the process is so flawed that it's like it's like two different conversations. One, you're upset that someone like Mike Shanahan isn't in the Hall of Fame. Um but then you look at the process, it's like, wait, what? And Adam's right. Like, why Why are you 50 guys the ones? Yeah. And, like, most of you don't even really know a lot about football. Honestly. They don't. Right? They're, they're writers. Okay? And that's fine. And they do a good job of writing a story and telling you a story. But, you know, they don't know how good that right guard was. They don't know how good that receiver was or that defensive back. Right? So, and and... They really don't, and most of them, most of them, right? I mean, there's a few. Um, and then you look at, like Adam was saying, it's, you know, your presenter. So you have a yes, presenter. You have a yes. guy that's like, you know. Yes. Uh, and I think Mike's was Sal Palatonia. Was it? I think so. I think I saw that. You know, so you have your presenter, and I guess he's the one that gets up and, you know, gives the, you know, the background and gives the reasons why you should be in the Hall of Fame. And I guess if you're, you know, if you got a great presenter or someone that's, you know, one of the top media members, maybe, you know, you're more respected and more likely to get in. Yeah. And then someone that's, you know, like uh, 
that doesn't have that. Right. Like, what are we doing? Right. That's just dumb. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like, does your resume say you should be in the Hall of Fame or not? Starting in there. I mean, that's really, and all this other stuff is nonsense. Like, did your career, did you do enough to be in the Hall of Fame? And yes or no. clearly did. Right, yes or no. And if you did, then bam, here it is. This is what he did. Right here. You know, two Super Bowl wins, like this and that, like all these different things. It's like, okay, yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. It shouldn't be about a guy and how well he speaks and how well he delivers, you know, your resume to the other, you know, media members. And, you know, it's just, it's real, real flawed. And it just seems like it's a... It's a good old boys network, yes, and it's a buddy-buddy yes, system, and yes. it's I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back. Hey, need to get Jerry Jones in this year. Got to get Jerry in. Jerry wants to go in, you know, like, um, and, and, and I'll take care of you next year. Well, hey, hey, this hey, I need I, we need Buddy. What's his name? Buddy Parker? Yeah, Buddy Parker. We need Buddy. But, but yeah. Buddy's got to get in. Like, what? Buddy Parker? Like, Buddy passed away over 60 uh, years ago. Like, and, and, and to, to Adam's point, like, did this guy just become a Hall of Famer? If he was a Hall of Famer, he should have been a long, long, long time ago. And, and my other least favorite part about this is, is everyone agrees Shanahan's a Hall of Famer. You just have to wait, dude. You're, you're a Hall of Famer. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't You'll worry. Get in. You'll get in. And then the years keep stacking up, and you're like, wait, what the hell are we doing? Right. We got to pay off stuff from the 50s and 60s still in 2023, therefore Shanahan can't get in? It's insanity. It's insanity. And where this guy never like where this guy come from? It's like you know I've heard of a bunch of coaches. I've never heard of this guy. What's his win? What's his winning record? What's his record? Do we have that? Do we yeah, know it? Yeah, uh, it looks like he was um, uh, one hundred and four and seventy five. Uh, he he, Did he, he even coached, have a he coached, championship game back he, then. I mean, he coached four. Sports? He coached four total postseason games. So Mike Shanahan has half of the amount of Super Bowl wins as this fella has postseason victories. Yeah, I mean, football was so different back then, obviously. And and now, like, 80 years later, we're going to just say, yeah, let's get this guy yeah. in from, you know, the 40s and 50s? Yeah. Like, uh, that just doesn't make sense. Like, come on. who Who's going to bat for Buddy? I mean, like, who did that? Is this the Lions pushing it? You know, I mean, that's that's... That just shows you how corrupt. Yeah. It's corrupt, man. Yeah. yeah. Goodness. Uh, I know we're up against it, but fired up Adam Schefter is rare to come by. Here's one more cut. Wow. That's my honest-to-goodness feeling. Like, you got a small number of people who they know the game. Believe me, that's not a shot against them. Right. But there are a lot of people that know the game and know the game better than them. And so we're going to keep it a smaller number of people. I, uh, man, it, it, it's a f- bottom line. It's a flawed process. It's a flawed, politically motivated process. And, and, you know, listen, I loved it when I was a writer. You know, like, oh, wow, this is great. Like, people, you know, are more anxious to talk to you and, and uh, you know, conflict. Uh, the whole thing, man. Mike Shanahan, not in the whole thing. Okay, sure. <laughs> I love Schefter. Oh, so good, man. Awesome. So awesome. good. <laughs> that's why that's probably why he sounds like on a on a Friday night after a couple of drinks, like giving you the real. Yep. And he just he just happened to do it on Schlereth at Evans. Good stuff. All right, is one of our teams here in Colorado scheduled to be the most viewed Denver sports team of all time? It's not as crazy as it sounds. Details next. <laughs> It's Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan.
Guy takes off. Full day yesterday. Been late to multiple segments today. I thought it was just like, what are you doing? In the, what are you doing over there? Because I told you 20 seconds, like two minutes ago. Oh, I didn't hear him say that. I did not hear him say that. I was catching up with an old buddy. Our guy John Davis yeah. is kicking around here. I hadn't seen John in quite a while. Uh, yeah, I caught up with him too, but then I got back in on time to do the segment. I mean, <laughs> man, it's, it's nice having that security blanket in you. Yeah, that's just what I do. Go tell him. I mean, I've been, I wanted to do the segment. What are you talking about? You talking about the Rockies? <laughs> is one of our teams here in Colorado scheduled to be the most viewed Denver sports team of all time? It's not as crazy as it sounds. Let me let me uh, uh, give a disclaimer first, though. When I say, like, most seen, I don't mean in the sheer number of the audience. Denver Broncos have played in Super Bowls. Get like 100 million people watching the Super Bowl. Um, the Broncos will have uh, how many games on uh, primetime this year? Four or five or whatever it is. Yeah. There's going to be a ton of eyes on the Denver Broncos. But in terms of opportunity... To watch a Denver sports team, I think this season's Denver Nuggets nationally may be or may have the most cracks for the national audience to watch this team in the history of any Denver sports team. We, we already knew the Nuggets are opening up on national TV against the Lakers when they drop their banner and get their rings, which is going to be insane. We already know that they're hosting Golden State uh, Warriors on Christmas Day. By the way, that game's at 1230 in the afternoon here. That is like a big boy time slot there um, in terms of how the NBA prioritizes that that slate. Um, we know the Heat will be back in Denver uh, late February. But what we found out in the last 24 hours is the Denver Nuggets have 22 national TV games on ESPN, TNT, and ABC. I don't even think I have to look this up before I say that is the most in the history of the Nuggets. Uh, if you count NBA TV, which doesn't really count here locally for us because it's blacked out by altitude, um, it, but if you count it for the rest of the country, that number of national TV games actually climbs to 30. That means nearly half of the Nuggets games will be in front of the entire country. Impressive. Um, look, that's what you get when you're when you want to when you win a title, and you have you know one of the best players in the world. And a fun team to watch and a young team. And they expect to be competitive for years. So I love it. It's going to be exciting and um, and fun to follow again this year. If you look at the rest of uh, the league, the Nuggets 30 national TV games, it trails just a couple teams. There's four of them. The Warriors, the Lakers, the Suns, and the Celtics. All right, Warriors, Lakers, Suns, and Celtics. Those are the only teams in NBA basketball that have more, and none of those really surprise me, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's you look at those four teams and the Suns with Durant and the, the Lakers with LeBron and the Warriors with who they have, Steph and company and Chris Paul and Clay and Draymond, and then Boston, um, yeah. obviously. So, uh, no, it, 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 it's not surprising at all. I, I, I think it's great that the Nuggets have 30. I think it's great that they're going to be playing, um, you know, one of those is, you know, the opener dropping the banner. But then on, on Christmas Day, that's, a, that's always a cool, a cool game to have and be able to play, and I'm sure for the players. So to be able to have that, that spot, like you said, and you said it's against the Warriors on Christmas Day. Yep. 
I mean, how much fun is that? Oh, my gosh. It's going to be must-see television. It's going to be must-see TV. Those are the last two NBA champions. And someone who is still going to be once again standing in the way of Denver um, as they try to win another championship here. And it's here. It's it's here. It's here. It's being hosted by Denver on Christmas Day, hosting the Lakers uh, to start the season. Um, Would let you me- try to go to that game? I know you love going to Nuggets games. and I mean, but this is Christmas Day. You got young kids. Like, how does that mess with your with your schedule um just like to, to hey, be totally honest with you we're going to open presents early daddy's got to get to the game <laughs> hurry up hurry up kids daddy's laying five and a half <laughs> the ball arena <laughs> um to be totally honest with you this is going to be a contrarian take that not a lot of people are going to like i personally hate that the nuggets are on christmas day okay because when i sit down and watch the nuggets i'm watching it intently most nine out of ten times I'm taking notes in my phone, and that's not what I want to be doing on Christmas Day. I'd rather be watching a movie or just, like, watching a game totally for fun. Um, and I certainly have no interest in going to the game, getting in the car, driving downtown on Christmas Day. That doesn't sound fun for me at all. Um, I know a lot of folks will be like, you're an idiot. You know, you're not a real no, fan. But, I, but sound, for me on Christmas Day, yeah. no, no, no thank you. Right. And a lot of people have different traditions and different things that they like to do on Christmas Day. You know, I mean, I really don't feel like getting in the car, driving downtown on Christmas Day, right? I think a lot of people feel that way. But other people will be, will be there. Yeah. I heard D-Max say it was the drunkest crowd that he had ever seen, ever been all the sporting events that he went to, because it didn't start till 8.30 here locally. Christmas Last Day, year? yes. Uh, being cheery, cup right. of cheer, cup of cheer here, there. And then, Would you rather be later or, like, you know, if, if you're – if you're trying to go to it, would you rather be at 1230 or would you rather be at 1230, 830? I think I'd rather be in in the evening if, if I had to go. Just get all the Christmas stuff done. But that being said, I, I'd almost like to be back earlier, too, and enjoy right. my Christmas night. Yeah. Um, so it's just not meant for you to go. Yeah, it's just not meant for yeah. you. How, how, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about it, I remember, uh, last year. Um, but I just don't know. I don't think it's for me either. be kind of cool to go to a Christmas Day game, but... Like, whatever. I'll just watch it on TV. Right. And it's Christmas. Want to relax. Yes. yes. Hang out with the family. Now we're about operating an automobile. Right. Um, All right. Uh, by the way, Broncos are in prime time on Christmas Eve. That's the Patriots game, right? Uh, that's going to be on NBC. So how about that for, like, a bang-bang um, uh, 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 Denver sports 24-hour period? Broncos against Patriots in prime time on Christmas Eve. You go to sleep. Santa comes down the chimney. Drops the stuff off. You wake up, and then you got the Nuggets in the primetime slot in the middle of the day on ESPN or ABC. Uh, this is probably on ABC. Where? Cool. Where's the Broncos game at? Here. Oh, it's here. Oh, wow. Okay. That is cool. Yeah. That is freaking cool. That is really cool. Um, Back to back, right downtown. Some some good action there uh, over the Christmas holidays. Yep. Hopefully Broncos perform better than they did last year. Oh, my gosh. What a disaster that was on Christmas Day. Oh, my gosh. All-timer. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're on the wrong side of everything. Yes. You feel me? Yes. Yeah, it's just like, really? Yeah. Why did I do that? That score, That's that was when Baker Mayfield was leading the Rams, who were hapless. The Rams won like five, six games last year. And they just dom- they dominated the Broncos. The score was like 23-3 to at halftime. Maybe twenty-seven to three. I mean, the game was over in the first nine, ten minutes. Yeah, guys fighting each other. I mean, just wild. And then that—that's that was the catalytic event that got Nathaniel Hackett fired. 
Do something, Rip. Do something, Rip. <laughs> you ruined Christmas, Hackett. <laughs> hey, we have to fire you. We held on to long enough, but you ruined Christmas. Final straw, man. Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, it's been heartbreaking, um, clearly, to watch the news coming out of Maui this week. And unfortunately, here in Colorado... We're all too familiar with the damage of wildfires. Our company, Bonneville, has launched a fundraiser to help the people of Maui. If you want to help, man, this is the way to do it. Even if it's $5, you can head to denversports.com, and right at the top of the page, you'll see a link to the Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund. 100% of the donations will go to the Hawaii Community Foundation serving Maui. Again, that's Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund at denversports.com. Okay, Training camp is now closed to the public. What did we learn about the Sean Payton-led Broncos in the last three weeks? And what do we want to see tomorrow night in preseason game number two? That's coming up next.